0: and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in-store, and exclusive access to sold-out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD. And claim money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want?
0: Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where I speak to musicians and bands about what they do and what they used to do to make ends meet when they're not playing. This time, I've got Jack Kay, singer of The Magic Gang, who are about to release their new album, Death of the Party. I spoke to Jack about working in a call centre, which he did for a few years and recently becoming a florist. He goes into the conversations that have inspired particular lyrics and songs. Great to speak to him. I think we had a great chat. He's got a lot of interesting things to say. So here's Jack K from The Magic Gang. Thank you so much for um, for chatting to me. Thank you so much for having me on the show. A while ago, I sort of had this idea. I realized so many of my friends that were touring all the time, were kind of getting themselves into these kind of funny part-time jobs between tours. And that coupled with the fact that kind of, you know, every every artist's journey is that there's kind of no real method in the madness.
2: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: And that's something that I really wanted to kind of explore and basically get on, get on tape with people. And I started working at Soho Radio um, around that time. Oh. So I thought, fuck it,
2: now's the time I should do it. I think that's a really good point like you've made as well about there not being method to the madness. I think especially nowadays when, I don't know, in the old days, I suppose there was this thing about you'd become a musician, maybe you'd get a record deal, you'd be able to quit your job and it would kind of have a linear story to it like that. Uh, Whereas nowadays, like you have these weird situations where you're working part-time job, but you're playing maybe quite big shows and there's definitely no like linear path the same way I imagine there was a few years ago.
0: It does seem that way, doesn't it, that that so many record like major labels were snatching up the latest hot thing. Yeah. And there seemed to be just money flying flying around.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for what I've you know, based on what I've heard about it, but I imagine that it was a lot more, you know, you become a musician, you don't have to work your your part-time job anymore and that's it, but it's uh, in reality it's yeah. far from that now.
0: What kind of attitude did you have on, you know, music being something that you wanted to spend all your time doing? when the magic gang started
2: when it started it was that idea was became like an obsession for me i was like right well the the goal the ambition was to be able to quit any other form of work and just do the band and i and i like got really attached to that as an idea of like what success would sort of feel like
0: and how how did that how's that changed do you have you
2: have you felt the way you thought you would feel absolutely not it's such a classic cliched thing where like it definitely doesn't make you happy when you achieve that and now it's so weird but i'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum um and as soon as music in what sense well like as soon as music became something that was full time for me and as soon as i was able to to not work a part time job anymore i was sort of desperate for a sense of structure, a sense of routine, but also something that took me out of music when I needed to come out of it for a little bit. Um, okay, so now I'm like, you know, if I can get part time work or whatever, I'm desperate to kind of get like some sense of structure, which means that I'm not just constantly in my room writing music all the time because I don't think that's actually like the best thing for creativity and like proactivity.
0: For lyrics as well. I mean, I can only imagine that you're writing lyrics from experience and those experiences are going to come from normal day-to-day experiences.
2: Yeah, 100%, man. And like, yeah, you can't get that from anywhere else. I mean, you can tell stories and, you know, write about stuff you've seen on television or read in books, but ultimately, like, it's the conversations you miss out on as well. Like, all those conversations in the workplace, all those characters that you would never meet anywhere else, like, can be perfect fuel for like
0: lyric writing how have you have you combat how have you tried to combat that when now now that music's your your job
2: i'm still struggling with it to be honest mate like it's something that i think about and talk about quite a lot um and i'm still figuring it out like just before this pandemic happened i was actually like started working part-time in a florist just because i needed something to dip out of music into and like you say, like I was miss, I felt like I was missing out on those like experiences that everyone else kind of has, that could have given me a different perspective yeah. or given me some ideas for, you know, c- could have inspired me essentially. Really interesting that that you say about,
0: um, you know, there's conversations that you have with people at work or maybe some some likable or unlikable characters yeah. from work, yeah. and and how much how you know what kind of um, stories they they sort of plant the seeds of in your head Mm -hmm. what do you have any examples you know do you are there any that that stick in mind that you've that you've
2: had yeah totally there's plenty of songs like magic gang songs that where the lyrics have started with some kind of seed you know that's based on either someone I've met at work or someone I've come across like I the job the sort of job that I held for the longest before I stopped working a part-time job for a while was in a call center. So I was literally ringing up like, I don't know, like tens of people a day. Um, so essentially having these small little like vignettes into different people's lives. There was a song, like an earlier song of ours that was just based, the lyrics were just based on a conversation that I had with somebody. And it was like a an elderly man who was telling me about how he sort of dips out every day into his garden, into the shed and communicates with people via like a radio uh, and communicates with like strangers via like a radio, I guess like a truck driver kind of radio. I don't know exactly what they're called, but I I wrote a whole song about that and everything he told me about and and what he gets out of doing that and the conversations he has. And it's like a window into something I would never have encountered before.
0: Amazing. I love that so much because it sometimes seems like, I mean, you know, some of my favorite lyrics have been written in the first person. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of spend so much time thinking about it, you do wonder and maybe worry when you're doing it, that it might be kind of a narcissistic trait sometimes. Mm -hmm. So delving into other people's lives, just like you say, just seems like a like a perfect gateway into a whole new realm that that, that is going to give you some gold
2: yeah man it, it also sort of creates like, it of gives you a layer of protection as well like a lot of artists talk about being able to write under the guise of a different character and how that kind of liberates them and makes them feel more comfortable expressing themselves so it's like if you have a story which is someone else's story that you've got access to it kind of i don't know it kind of in a way can make you a little bit more honest because you're not so scared of like expressing what it is you're trying to say right
0: Right. Is is that something that you found on the second record? Have you have you ever got got the the fear? I suppose.
2: Yeah, I think despite everything we've just been talking about, our second record is quite like feels slightly autobiographical in the sense that we we're sort of writing a lot about our day to day lives on that one. Um, so there's yeah. definitely moments where even taking music into the rehearsal room and showing the rest of the band like. This is the first time where I've written lyrics, or where other members have written lyrics that we probably were a little bit embarrassed or scared of showing, even to the rest of the band, because they're so like personal compared to the first album.
0: Is that something that's changed with the? Uh, I mean, let's face it—the the, 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 band's—you know—become more. You know, it's it's now a professional job for one. Yeah. But have you have you felt that in the rehearsal space and and together as friends that the fact that it's it's a small business now, right? yeah or a medium-sized business yeah
2: yeah I mean as soon as that starts happening there are so many factors that come into it that kind of change you know it'd be it'd be dishonest to say that that doesn't change your mentality because you're thinking about you're first of all thinking about the fan base that, that actually exists now that are going to hear it and then you're thinking about all the other kind of factors as a record label involved there's this is that and the other and they all sort of comes in and I think the important thing is just to try and keep guard up as much as possible because the minute you start letting all of that in it's not even that cliché thing that you start making bad work it just becomes very hard to make any music because you are you have all these voices in your head so the best thing to do, try and do i i yeah. found is just limit those
0: do you have any techniques when it comes to writing i mean i've i mean maybe it's for me recently i've just read about how many um bands that i've been listening to can't listen to other music other people's or other records music mm-hmm. Um, other records when they're trying to write do you have anything like that
2: I do you know what to me it still feels so fresh like I feel like I'm constantly figuring all of that out and I, I don't I'm definitely not like a very formulaic writer or thinker I kind of feel a little bit lost like I'm feeling my way through it and then I sort of get somewhere and I, I rarely find, like, bits of clarity or or even enough confidence to get up in the morning and say, I'm not going to listen to any music today. Like, it doesn't really work like that for me. Like, each day feels kind of different. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out structure and formula like that, but it just doesn't – it's something that I'm just kind of trying to let myself not scramble for as much. Like, if I want to get up and listen to music, I will yeah. listen to music. And if I don't, I don't. But, I, you know, like, I'd be – I'd be forcing that that kind of um I'd be forcing those rules in too much if I started trying to do that.
0: Absolutely. I mean it I definitely you know in in my life just from my experience some, you know the best things that have happened to me mm-hmm. aren't because I've gone out looking for them, which is a scary thing sometimes. <laughs> Cuz if when you really want something,
2: <laughs> especially it comes back to that thing of it being a job as well because it's suddenly I don't know. It's not enough to sit around waiting waiting for a Eureka moment anymore, is it? It's like you're there's an expectance of you to, to deliver something. So it becomes like a there become it becomes a responsibility. Do you know what I mean? You have to there has to be an output.
0: Going back to the time when you were you know, your first couple of tours, mm-hmm. were you did you did you feel the pressure of 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 working part-time jobs or studying or whatever you were doing at the time versus this new thing that's gaining traction
2: yeah absolutely I remember when we first our first ever tour I was in my third year of uni um and that was a very strange time because you sort of you rely on like the friendliness of your tutors like and you rely on like the understanding luckily I was studying something creative so I feel like there was a little bit more understanding like I remember I had to get um like a deadline moved around a tour and it's quite funny looking back because I was in a real panic about that and I was thinking god I'm gonna have to defer or drop out of uni like i had done three years of uni and I was at the end and I was like I'm gonna have to drop out now and and looking back it was like a tiny support tour like we were playing like pubs around the country and it like felt like a yeah. massive deal to me at the time but yeah I was very fortunate I had like very a very understanding tutor who I was just I just had to kind of be as honest as possible with her um, and I managed to like get through and do both. Luckily,
0: at that point, had you been writing songs for for a long time?
2: Personally, no, not at all. I um I was so late to music. I started playing music while I was at uni when I was about nineteen. Wow! Picked up a guitar for the first time. Really? Yeah. Um. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re- yeah, really late to the game. And uh, I kind of, I suppose, I was lucky because I'd met christian who plays in the band at college a few years before and by that point i was like completely like clueless like i wasn't even like my let alone like playing music like what i was listening to was so limited like when i met him he kind of expanded like what what my understanding of music and just expanded what i was listening to um so he was kind of the perfect person to have around when you first pick up an instrument Yeah. And like, I'm quite lucky the rest of the band have have been at it for a while and and have been playing their instruments and writing music for a little while longer than me. So it's just like I just had a perfect like support network around me when I started. So it gave me like, I feel like that gave me a massive head start. Were there any
0: particular records when you you started picking up a guitar and and learning to, I mean, learning to play and sing, you know, concurrently is is quite a task at, at first. Were there a few records that you were listening to that were really inspiring to you and helped shape what you wanted to make? Uh,
2: Yeah, absolutely. Chris was like showing me stuff that was like, it's nothing that left field or like crazy. It was just like, it was just, I suppose like indie bands, but like slightly more interesting and like American bands, like Dirty Projectors were massive for me. Like he showed me that album, Bitter Orca and like, I'd never heard anything like that before. So even even that was massive. Elliot Smith, like was huge. Yeah. Like yeah. listened to everything he'd done at once. And that completely like changed it for me. Um, Who else? Big star. Those are the kind of two. Because I, I... big star. Yeah. I mean, they... sorry, go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was just saying, you know, the, the Elliot Smith big star connection. I, I forget which one came first for me. But they were very close together, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And it kind of busted up this whole new world.
2: That's really interesting because Elliot
0: Smith covers thirteen, right? Am I imagining that? Pretty sure he does. Did you have? Did you ever really have any time that you had pressure from family or or jobs that? Because you know, following coming out of uni, it's you know, I, I feel like you kind of go insane if you don't have one kind of clear path in front of you obviously people do the other the other thing as well but how where did you fit in to that
2: I was I just like I said studied something creative um I kind of my sort of purpose for going to uni in the first place was more to just find out a little bit more about what I wanted to do but kind of make sure that I was around the right kind of people and hopefully find something that would I don't know really if I was expecting a full-time job out of anything. It was just kind of discovering something creative that I could really get stuck into. So the ban happening around the, my third year kind of felt like it kind of slotted into place and made sense for me. So by the time I'd graduated, ban was proper happening, as in we were like, you know, we decided we were going to take it seriously and all of that. Yeah. So what I kind of decided at that point was that I was going to get a job and stay in Brighton in order to just essentially like fund being able to do this band, pay my rent, be live where I wanted to live around my mates and carry on doing this band. So it wasn't important to me to get a job that was like degree field or like something that I even felt particularly passionate about. I just knew that I needed a job where they were going to let me tour, let me do what I needed to do. And I could just kind of get my head down and get on with it. And that was the cool center job. Got you. And I ended up staying there for three years, which definitely wasn't the plan. That's quite um, a long time for, but that's how it worked out. For, a, for a call center job. It's a very long time for a call center job,
0: yeah. So you must have been quite good at it.
2: I was fine. I started off really strong, like I did really well at the beginning. And then I kind of, after three years, you sort of figure out how to do the bare minimum to scrape by. So I kind of ended up in a place where I was like underperforming, but doing just enough to keep myself afloat yeah yeah um and yeah i managed to stick it out for a good while until till i left brighton actually
0: was there a funny office culture there were there were there birthday cards and leaving parties
2: nothing like that it was it was you know people were friendly but it was such a big office that you didn't get that sort of like uh close feeling Mm. you know you didn't get; it wasn't like work drinks and birthday cards and stuff like that. It was quite an odd atmosphere, like like you said, like with call centres. There is such a quick turnover that the majority of the people there are just kind of eighteen year old students cycling through during a couple of weeks or a month and then moving on. It was such a quick staff like turnover, and then the other side of it was you you had these like staple characters who were just there for the whole time, and I ended up, I suppose, becoming one of those. Um, so it's quite a strange like revolving feel to it it never felt like you know overly pally
0: did your determination for the band you know um, did, did it did it fluctuate during those three years I mean you, you say you became one of those people where you kind of accepted that you were there
2: yeah no it didn't fluctuate actually I was like re- I really envy the determination and the confidence that I had as like a 21 year old or how you know whatever it was because it really didn't fluctuate I was so hard-headed about it People used to say to me, like, why are you still working in a call center? You've been there for like two, three years. Why don't you try and get a job that you feel a little bit more, like gives you a bit more energy or you feel a little bit more passionate about? And I just thought, why would I, like, why would I do that? Like, I knew that I wanted to do music and that was it. And why would I spend time, like, putting a plan B together? Um, So for better or for worse, that was it. I was so, like, determined that I just put up with the job and it allowed me to do music, which is what I wanted to kind of build upon
0: brilliant brilliant and that florist job sounds like it's a is well not at the moment but sounds like a, a fun thing to do during the summer
2: oh man yeah it's so it's so perfect I really hope I can go back to it it was kind of great it was like I spent a long time it was that period between the first album and where we are now where I had so much time on my hands and writing nine to five every day started to kind of take its you know wear wear away a little bit and I felt like I really needed something else, and then this job came along, and it's like so yeah, perfect for me. I mean, it's kind of crazy now we we're, we're picking back up with like, well, we were picking back up with album two stuff, so I think once this is all over, we're going to be pretty busy, hopefully, but yeah, if I have prolonged periods of time like this like that again, I'm definitely going to like dip into some part time work for sure cool,
0: and, and and you're learning a lot about a lot about flowers,
2: yeah, well. I'm a very slow learner, but I'm definitely picking picking stuff up. <laughs> Great. Slowly but surely.
0: Um. If you liked this podcast, I would massively appreciate it if you could review it on whichever thing that you listen to your podcasts on. I'm not going to ask you, that's private information and I respect the GDPR rules and regulations. But if you could just leave five stars, that would be dandy. I've got a couple of good ones coming up next week. I'll have the Beths. And the week after that, I'll have Arthur from Squid. You can listen to all the previous ones. Just scroll down and help yourself. Go well.
2: Cheers.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?